0: We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet.
1: Hey everyone, Mike Antonovich, Swap Moto Live with this episode of the Fly Racing Swap Moto podcast. For this one, Jeff Crutcher's in town. Always good to talk to Jeff, discuss things that are going on. He's in town after dropping some parts off at JH2 Route 15 Cycles down in Freeburg, Illinois, and just decided to crash on the couch. So instead of charging him rent for the night, just decided, hey, let's break out the recorder and do some bench racing as we're in the off season. Crutcher, what's up?
0: Howdy, howdy. Hey everybody, glad to be back.
1: All right, hey, big thing, ATC Flipside Racing. Uh, it's happening we're getting into this we've written about it on crutcher's corner you've got sponsors committed the hoosier tire arena cross series i mean we're in so give me the rundown on all this going and then why it brought you to town right now
0: okay so first let me start with what atc flip side is atc is around the clock fitness and they are a chain of key fob style uh strip mall fitness centers in western tennessee which is the memphis metropolitan area um my, the, the team, which is myself and Brandon Yates, um, uh, a buddy of mine is the VP at ATC and, uh, Brock is a huge motorsports fan, like loves formula one. So for him, this is kind of like his introductory role into being involved in the motorsports industry. And he wants to get his kids into racing go-karts. And so, this is like, you know, a segue for him to start participating within motorsports. Um, Brock is in charge of basically everything at ATC. His dad founded the company however many, you know, 30 years ago. And then Brock has since taken it over. And part of what he wants to do is modernize the image of ATC more with, um, sports activation, um, including recovery. So, uh, ATC just bought some astronomical number of hydro massage, uh, chairs, which their hydro massage is also at crunch fitness, planet fitness, and, uh, large, large chain, uh, gyms. And what they are is it's like this big, massage chair that you get in it's got this touch screen where you can watch tv and you dial it in think of like a sharper image Mm -hmm. those massaging chairs but instead of it being like the weird you know knuckles that roll around in your back and make you feel worse than whenever you sat down uh it's water-powered jets Mm -hmm. so it's like a water bed sitting upright it's they're amazing so part of our role as the team is to help uh help Brock and ATC bring in new clientele, which is great, but really to change um like like they have two tiers of membership. So they have like a $15 membership and a $25 membership. $25 one gets you access to the tanning beds, gets you access to the hydro massage chairs, and there's a couple other perks. So ATC wants to get more people to upgrade. Well, they're going to do a ad campaign based off of our race team as being coming in and uh, relaxing in the hydro massage chairs and saying, oh my God, like, oh, I was tight, you know, after last night. But, you know, now that we hit the hydro massage chair at ATC, then, you know, now we're dialed. So like, that's the whole campaign is to get people to upgrade their membership. Okay. So then there's a flip side, which is a dual chamber water bottle or beverage container. So on one side, it's 20 ounces of, hope you guys don't mind my ad copy here. It's 20 ounces of fluid uh, storage that's insulated, hot or cold, stays hot or cold. And then um, you flip the thing over, like imagine like a big uh, tumbler that's dual-sided. You flip the thing over, unscrew the bottom, and then you have uh, dry storage for GoPro, keys, nuts, fruit, um, money. You can put all kinds of stuff in it. And there's a lot of people... Uh, that are riding um, mountain bikes that they put that in there and then instead of having to carry like co2 cartridges in their backpack or something they just have one water bottle and they pack it full of supplies and then it mounts into the frame so like it's Correct. it's multi-use you can you can put stuff in it or you can put you know your drink and your snacks in it um, flipside uh, Ben who is the owner of flipside, started this company to, um, you know, he saw a need for a thing and he literally invented this product. I mean, he's just like a normal outdoors guy like us and, uh, he's all about moto. So he wants to use our team as a way to get the flip side into the hands of the moto community, because we are the perfect, you know, we're the the target market. You know, because we are recreational, we're outdoorsy, um, you know, athletic, Mm -hmm. it's like got some money. Yeah. Got, got some money to spend spend some stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So like, um, and the thing is, is like, yeah, it's a, it's a $33 water bottle, but a Yeti is triple the price Mm -hmm. for half of the function. Um, So ATC Flipside, that's where the name of the team comes from. So it's our two, it's our two, um, uh, major partners in the team. And then we also have a bunch of aftermarket sponsors also included. Um, if you want to just get the vibe for what the team is, the best place to go is our Instagram, which is ATC Flipside and it's ATC underscore F L P S D E. Um, That's all you need to type in. Honestly, you could just type in ATC Flipside and it'll be right there. Uh, The Arena Cross Series that we're doing is the Hoosier Arena Cross Series, which is uh, managed by Motorhead Events. Motorhead Events has been around for, I'm going to say, 15 years in motorsports promotion. Jay, the guy that owns the company, uh, he is a woods rider and he, before he, he did that, he raced circle track cars and um, he wanted to offer indoor wintertime racing for, what are they, Is what are the little sprint cars? That the midgets have, and midget the micro sprints. sprints. Yeah, so he wanted to have midgets and micros and lawnmower racing and go-kart racing and pit bikes and so he would rent out these stadiums and then just stadiums like, uh, local.
1: Yeah. Like state fairground arenas, stuff like that, uh which is huge back here.
0: Right. Yeah. And then have lawnmower races. And then, um, he got the wicked idea to build a motocross track on the inside of it, you know, take, take a page out of the arena cross book. And it was a wild success. And so Jay has this series, which is the title sponsor of it is Hoosier tires. And it is a 10 weekend, 19 nights of racing, uh, series that spans across the Midwest and the mid South. Um, first race is in middle of November. And then the last race is the finals, the uh, which is in Tunica, Mississippi at the uh, casino. So, the thing about the Hoosier the Hoosier Tire Series is that it is a participant driven series, not necessarily a um, general admission driven series. So that's how we're able to uh, go racing amid COVID because it's a sporting event for participants, not a um, spectator event.
1: So it's like full support classes, mini classes, all that stuff. <clears throat> Correct, BCA, yeah. all that
0: everything that you would go and ride on your local your local motocross track weekend where there's twenty six different classes. That's all available at the Hoosier Tire Minocross series. Um, it's Jay takes his pro class very seriously. He pays he pays us very well. Um We have our own riders' meeting. We have our own times of when we race. Like it's, it is its own program within a program. He, Jay, and I have been working really closely together uh, for this year to, because he needs a little bit of advising on, um, from the from the rider standpoint and from the team standpoint, and then I need, I mean I need a format to be able to partner with these companies and justify, you know, the expenditures and, and, and like everything that it's going to cost and the entire program of operating a team, you have to have a format to, you know, to do this. And the, what I call, I call like the area that we're doing, I would call it B and C market
1: oh yeah totally not the main cities correct
0: yeah i mean yes we have kansas city yes we have topeka tulsa um memphis nashville dallas yeah i mean like those are major cities but we're in the suburbs Mm -hmm. we're not in the heart of the city
1: and you're in the smaller venues
0: yes and instead of being on a supercross floor we're on rodeo arenas and civic centers um Probably the biggest capacity would be the Kansas Expo Center, which is Mm -hmm. now Stormont Vale um, in Topeka. It's like a 10,000-cap venue, something like that. But on average, I mean, I think the smallest one is like Mm 2,000-cap. So we're talking about, I mean, literally rodeo arenas. Yeah. And like, that's fine by me because they have a dirt floor. They can dig down in, move more dirt. We have a lot more leeway. You know, there's, there's a lot less regulation, so to speak, uh, with a lot of these venues and it, I mean, we're, we're racing in good old boy country. And because of that, we're allowed to have this series. Whereas on the flip side of the coin, you have the kicker series. A good
1: mention of the product too. Mm. Uh, Thank you. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, the the kicker series is from what i've you know talked to Kyle Peters and um stank dog that they're struggling to secure contracts with some of these venues because it's mostly a west coast series on the other side of the rockies mm-hmm. save for the one race that they had in albany last year which was it was a points race but if you didn't go it was okay um but and that's Albany, New York. So but the, it's, Oh yeah, and so that's all. Yeah.
1: You're the whole other side of the country. Yeah,
0: I don't know what the the thought process was behind that. And and the promotion group that does the kicker series, they also do um they do an arena cross series during the summer too in like Albuquerque, um Cortez, uh you know, like the Southwest like um you know, like Mesa Mm -hmm. type region. They, okay. So, but then they have like, you know, Reno, Sacramento, Portland, like they're doing that side of the country. And because that is typically areas where I'm not saying COVID is taken more seriously, but there's more people, more regulation, you know, a little bit different political stance on how groups of people are being, you know, regulated they're having a hard time. And the thing about kicker is it is not participant driven. It is general admission driven. So the two series, they offer different things, but the and that's why Hoosier, the Hoosier tire series this year, looks like it will be um the future series. Even though the Kicker AX series has the AMA designation, it's the national championship. Um I think our series is going to be the featured one. And I mean, like part of the, th- part of my negotiations with, with Jay of being, you know, like I want to be the big fish in the little, po- well, okay. I don't like saying big fish in the little pond because that makes it sound like Jay's operation is micro. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're
1: going to go in there and just stop a hole in everybody's ass. Right.
0: Yeah. No, because I mean, I'm going to get my fucking dick dragged through the dirt, like every night on the track. Mm-hmm. However, the, what, what I want to say is we're going to be the only fish in the pond with ATC Flipside. Mm-hmm. The goal is to go in and have such a presence with my team of of being a rolling trade show at all these events that it will set a precedent for anybody else that is coming. DTA uh, Sports Apparel, which is Eric... I'm going to mess up his last name, I, I'm, so I'm just not even going to say it. DTA Sports Apparel out of New York is a merchandise uh, printing company, kind of like Moto Tees. They do event merchandise, and they have their own brand. He's also a retailer for um, Sunoco and Hoosier Tires. So Eric, is uh, he has Justin Kelly and another kid that rides a Kawasaki. They have their little... I don't want to say little, sorry. They have their operation. It's not quite, um, they have a different MO than than my team does. I think they're more results oriented where my team is more activation
1: oriented. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing on the team, which is why we want to talk about this and like why it's always good to have a conversation with you. Everybody always asks, like, you know, why would you get into a team if you're going to struggle? And especially right now with the shutdown of Geico Honda – the JGR thing, like everything that's going on within the industry of, of this constant conversation of why would you make a team if you're not going to get rich off of it? You know you're not going to get rich off of it, but at the same time, it is a means to an end. You're going to make some money. You're going to build some industry connections and Future Crutcher two years down the road is going to be benefiting from this. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme by all <clears throat> means. And you have objectives that you're trying to hit instead of it just being like, we're going to come in and win championships and have the trickest bikes. You have different objectives.
0: Right. Okay, so like uh, to to your first point yeah the, the, the i have you know i came up with this idea in august and it was not something where the idea like the initial idea of it was in there's okay so i'm all about transparency and disclosure the big picture idea of what i have is going to stay in my pocket but it starts with doing this team where I'm racing and then Brandon Yates is racing and we're doing it, you know, we're balling on a shoestring budget. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to see what we can do with the, um, the capital that I have, um, what's the word generated for, for our operation. The, I can tell you this right now. Brandon Yates is the only salaried rider that's going to be doing, you know, the whole series. Are mm-hmm. uh, the the series defending champion Michael Hicks? I mean, he's
1: local kid too.
0: Uh, yeah, he's a St. Louis rider, uh, really, really talented individual. I like as a fan, I can just sit there, leaned back with my arms crossed, just like, wow, look at him go. This is amazing. So the um. Yeah, why would I? Why would I start a team? Well, big picture, there's a bigger picture at play here. Um, but one of the things that I'm like super all about is bringing outside companies into the sport. Now, to your point of well, Geico's on their way out, and if you want to like read my latest Crutcher's Corner on what I think of of Geico leaving the sport. I understand it. Like, this is how marketing works. You get into something, you do it for a while. Once you have reached your objective, you move on. Like, I mean, okay, think of, you know, I, I, I set example, the Butterfinger hole shot. Lest we not forget, speed stick in Supercross mm-hmm. or EA Sports. Where why is EA Sports not involved in Supercross or Motocross anymore? Because they came in, they made their millions off of the video games, and then they moved on, and and they realized, well, you know, from like a, a, a dollar standpoint, well, we can focus on Madden and, and crush it, and crush it. But is is it worth it to? Spend a million to make five million where we can spend five million and make a hundred million, you know? And so like at scale, it's, there are a lot of companies where it's like, let's just, uh, let's go in, grab the demo, the demographic, uh, turn them into our customers and roll out. And that's fine. It's okay that they do that. I mean, like we, we want new brands to come in. We want new companies and new partnerships to be able to be made because as we do, I mean, yeah, the, the bummer side is they're going to exit at some point. Mm. Everybody exits. There's all – it doesn't matter who it is. The, eventually, the energy drinks will get out of motocross.
1: Yeah. I mean it's inevitable.
0: It's inevitable. I mean nobody thought that MySpace was going to go away.
1: I mean just on anything. It always changes. Something goes on. Something goes out. Think about how many cell phone companies we had sponsor us for that period of time. Electronics companies, all that stuff. Dude, Napster was part of it when they were a legit company for that very brief period. Oh.
0: AMPM sponsored Jason Lawrence's team.
1: Dude, I, I posted this the other day. The only reason I wear Docs is because back when Mike LaRocco was riding Factory Connection Honda with Journeys yeah. and Doc Martens, I'm like, dude, those things are badass. I will get a pair.
0: Yeah. And see, that's the thing is like they can come in, spend a while, do something cool, and turn you into a customer for life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you just quoted Mike LaRocco, 1998.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when for, he- for a team that probably maybe got a couple free pairs of shoes and that was it.
0: Yes. And, and like, because of that, it shows you that like, we are, we are a demographic that is uh, very loyal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these companies, they understand that they don't have to be in it forever. Um, so do I think that ATC will, will continue to, you know, sponsor our team uh, forever? I hope so. I would love that because I, you know, Brock is a great friend of mine, and I, I want him to be in this thing at a capacity do i think that they'll be the um the lead's uh partner of our team forever no i don't because the goal is for it to um outgrow you know what what ATC is able to uh contribute and get back out of it um so yeah following that i mean it's like i want to do it because this is like my um This is my Richard Childress exit. Mm -hmm. You know, Childress got out of the car and started DEI. And um, every time that somebody buys a uh, number three sticker at O'Reilly, which you can still get, you know, Dale Earnhardt stickers at O'Reilly. Childress is that's the money's going to to Richard Childress. Mm -hmm. It's not going to, you know, the Earnhardt Foundation or anything like
1: that. You should actually. um, So it's funny you bring that up. There was a like NASCAR rain delay at some point this year, and I was watching it because there was no other racing on, and <clears> it was whatever, and just you know we were just clawing our eyes out to watch anything competitive. And there was a Jeff Gordon Dale Earnhardt thing against each other. Earnhardt's whole thing on how to do merch changed the entire NASCAR market, and him and Gordon actually worked together. Hey, if you're going to go do this, then I'm going to go do this, and we're going to put these two against each other to where it looked like this big you know. Good versus evil rivalry. They were business partners in everything they did. They went through because they didn't want to step on each other's toes. Yeah. It's awesome. The merch thing alone for how that is and how you make supplemental money into this, it's not just, hey, we're going to put this sticker on the car and, and this is where everything's coming from. There's other means of income through all of this stuff. And
0: to. To like illustrate that to anybody that doesn't know, you have the Intimidator versus the Rainbow Warrior, mm-hmm. you have the man in black versus the corporate DuPont guy,
1: literally Coke versus Pepsi at one point. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was awesome.
0: Okay, so that's like there's always something to gain off of a rivalry, and and like smart rivals will work together, um, in and, and like to to use that to to what it is that i'm doing like i want to change the way that merchandise is done for a team i want to change the way riders get paid by a team i want there's like there's a lot of stuff that like big picture i want to focus on doing um that i won't be able to do while riding but i'm still competitive i can still make money Um, so i mean am i racing for You know, for gold, do I think that I can win the championship if if the if the stars align? Yeah. And the stars do align sometimes. But let me tell you, and this may be a surprise to anyone that's listening to this, of all the negotiations and stipulations that um, all of our both um, financial and um, technical partners have, you know, outlined for us guess how many of them included race results?
1: Probably a, maybe a third, but probably even none.
0: None. Yeah. Not one single of our sponsors or partners are interested in the race results. The only one, um, uh, the only one that even brought it up, it, it was just him being old school. Mm-hmm. And then I not corrected him, but explained to him, Hey, just so you know, That's not what we're about because the thing about race results is if I go out and I have a bad night on the bike, well, I can, I can, um, get redemption by going back to the pits and, uh, convincing, um, dad that's pitted two spots over from us to go over to DTA and pick up a new can of Sunoco race fuel Mm -hmm. because X, Y, and Z reason. Even though I had a bad night on the bike, me rider, my fuel was fine. Yeah, my bike ran great, but it was on me. Yeah. So I can like that's for me. It's it's. I'm not saying I'm I'm like a people person, but I I like to blend bro science and ad copy together. And when I can do that, I can convey why someone needs to buy this product in a digestible form that like whenever you log on to, you know, the pro taper handlebar website and like it's bullet pointing all the, you know, the, the fusion handlebar when unlocked provides 87% more flexibility. Okay. Mm When, you know, I mean like as, as like Bobby consumer, whenever you're looking at that, you're like, sounds nice. Looks expensive. What you know? Like I don't know what's it really gonna do. Right. What is it really gonna do? Well, whenever I go out and I ride, and then I can decipher or or, um, yeah, decipher what's going on, and then explain it to you whenever you're interested. And and I'm like, oh, dude, no, 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 hop on the
1: bike. Yeah, you'll feel it. Do this. Yeah. And this is as a test guy. You know, like when we do product reports and stuff like that, or bike intros or whatever. Am I the fastest guy in the world? No. Hell no. I'm decent. I can get around the track. I can do what I need to do. I can tell what the bike's doing because there's so many years of experience, and we've tried every product. So you have a level of like, well, hey, some things do this, some things do this. You got to go in with open-minded, going balls to the wall fast every single time. That's not testing. Mm-hmm. You gotta. You're just. You're going for lap times, and you need to feel what the thing's doing. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to this, and like people, I think forget how nuanced every little detail is because even as you explained too, on the uh, merchandise thing. Yeah, you, you might get like roadblocked from selling your own t-shirts if you went to a Supercross, but there's nothing saying you can't do it online.
0: Exactly. Yep. and um, Find the loopholes. Why, you know, don't hand out a, a a business card. Instead, give them a sticker with a QR code on it for mm-hmm. 35% off on EVS, which, um, by the way, if you, uh, I'm going to screw this up, but there's, Come find us at the races or check us out on on, on, on uh, social media because I have a 35% off discount coupon for all EVS products. Um, EVS is helping us a lot uh, this year with our program. And okay so now something to, something to keep in mind when I say EVS is helping us, it's not just the fact that EVS is helping us with product. Their global uh, marketing director, Taz Sabotka, Is um has become a close friend of mine, and like I'm calling Taz and I'm on the phone with him, and I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? So, really, in trade for us using their product and um endorsing it, and and like taking the knee brace display and understanding you know the bullet points and the ad copy. Part of the trade of that is uh, Taz is like a uh, is a bit of a guru to me to where he's explaining, hey, I've been with EVS. I've been with Tucker Rocky. You know, I managed to answer or or whatever it is that he did. He can then explain to me, here's what companies are looking for. Here's, you know, this angle, etc. So this is something that I'm discovering about a lot of the companies that we're working with. As a team, okay, to, for me to just go as like Jeff Crutcher, hey, I'm going to race the Missouri State Series. What can you do for me? And then I'm going to sit in my pits and not talk to anybody. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the typical.
1: And then bitch about it online. It's- hey, this track sucked. This was no good. We had no turnout. Just, yeah, the complete anti-way right. to make conversation or progress right
0: Exactly. Now. Yeah. So. You know, I I don't do that, but we're just outlining. Yeah. 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 So, but then whenever I go to a company and I say, hey, we have a team, we have two riders. What do you need help with? That's the first question. And like, I will give them a little bit of a spiel and say, hey, here's why we're different. Here's why I think our program works. Here's X, Y, and Z reason that I think that you need to participate in this. But before we even talk about what it is that we need out of you, I have to ask you, what do you need? Mm -hmm. What do you need to sell? How do you need to sell it? Are you looking for new sales? Are you looking for um, return customers? Are you looking for a subscription? Are you looking, you know, do you have a digital item for sale? What is it that you do? And then how do I custom brand and approach for you and your company to work off of the back of ATC Flipside Racing um participating in the Hoosier Tire Arena Cross Series. And there's always something. Everybody always needs help with something. So while you have a guy like, you know, Michael Hicks, who he's there to win races, Michael is there to be the champion. He's running the number one plate and he's got his his, he's like the intimidator. He wears black helmets, black fast house gear. His, you know, uh, uh, big St. Charles KTMs are black and gray. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas like the opposite end of the spectrum, I am the, you know, I'm the rainbow warrior. My bikes are, you know, uh, flamingo They're Um, you know, we wear the neon Fox gear. We have, you know, the, the, um, I'm running the the uh, Pro Tape fusion handlebars with the red bar pad on it, like the you know, and and then um, Nobby Shop South is providing us with with um, badass custom built seat covers. Okay, so the point is to be the complete and total opposite of the champ. Make it pop. Make it pop. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to make it pop. So. And like the entire image, the branding of what it is that we're doing is to be,, uh, like I said, a flamingo or a, a peacock would be the best way. Yeah. Okay, Because our on track performance is second to our in pit performance. because while I'm out on the, tra- I'm out onto the track, and yeah, like my JH2 uh, race Tech gold valve suspension is working amazing. I can't tell you about it while I'm out on the track and doing it. Yeah but then after the race is over, Come talk to me and ask me, hey, what's the gold valve do? What is the air conversion on your AER or your, uh, what are they, the exact, is is it exact now on KTMs? On the exact fork, what, you know, what are you doing? How do you have your bike set up, et cetera. And then I can guide people and help them make conscientious, you know, uh, good purchasing because just like Kiefer's thing is, is like motocross is expensive, and it, and it sucks because there are snake oil companies out there that are selling just regurgitated stuff, you know, and it's not necessarily the greatest product. But if you have a good marketing strategy, we're going to get you to buy this thing, mm-hmm. you know, whereas I'm all about no, no, I'm going to I'm going to sift through that. I'm going to find the very best. And these are the companies that I'm going to work with, even if I have to pay for it, because ATC Flipside Racing is going to be the gold standard of. We're using Pro Taper. We're using Pro X. We're using Recluse. We're using Maxima. We're using EVS, okay, etc. All of these brands that we're using are not just because they wrote us a check, it's because we believe in the products mm-hmm. and we understand why. And that's the selling point for, for the teams. Michael Hicks is doing what he's doing because he's the champ, because he's the fastest man on the track, because, you know, he won the series last year. Whereas for us, it's we have the branding aspect of it you know we are doing something that nobody else is doing and i tell you who i got most of my inspiration from of doing this carrie hart with rch racing or you know what was hart and huntington you know when he brought in dodge and kmc wheels and rockford fosgate Mm -hmm. like it
1: was doing beer pong in the pit area and the smoke machines and the bands and really that was just a grown-up version of what Kenny Watson did and Watson was the guy that helped it of what Watson was doing at Moto Triple X where he was throwing stickers out and CDs and DV- and videos and all that stuff on the top of the bus and which, Duke Finch is just having a nervous breakdown in the Which pits.
0: worked by the way because I am a lifetime uh, epitaph and fat records oh, yeah. guy oh, yeah. like name a band I'm all, you know that's on that label and I'm all over it mm-hmm. and so like true story I was I was thinking I was like dude What's the guy's name? Is it Johnny, the epitaph guy? No, Brett. Brett. I, I'm like, I gotta call Brett. I gotta work I gotta work Moto Triple X into the, you know, like have that I want that vibe. Yeah, Mr. Brett. But then I was like, Well And he's m- kinda out of it now. Uh uh-huh, yeah. yeah. But I'm thinking, well maybe down the road, you know, we'll get we'll get a record label. Like um what was it a couple years ago? Nuclear blast had a still super- around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And all I mean, honestly, that's the cool stuff too. They're into it. Bunch of metal bands, like gnarly yeah. metal bands. But then look at who's on there: Slayer. They do the Slayer graphics kit because slayer is part of that label, and it's not out there to think like, "Hey, man, you and I've had this discussion before, and and not to hop things, but it worked. Why why do we always have to try something new? Go back to what worked. There are people that are interested in it, and go resell them the same idea that you did 15 years ago. But times pass, and it's all brand new again.
0: Okay, so. It- Let me, I'm just going to put, here's something to put out there into the ether. Whenever, okay, so a company that sells a service or a product, depending on industry, they're going to generate 60 to 70% of their revenue off of repeat customers, Mm -hmm. not off of new customers. So the idea, yes, customer conversion is great, but customer retention is greater. Point in case How many times, how much, I'm thinking, how much money has face-to-face put in their bank account because of the number of times I've played disconnected on Spotify?
1: (laughs) Are we going to get into the Spotify numbers and how shitty that money is? No, no, But just in general, yeah, no, I know what you mean because like that's huge. And it's little stuff like that that adds up and adds up and adds up.
0: And so the same way that uh, Jeff Fox, is that who made Terra Firma? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: the same way that Jeff Fox and, and and company curated that ultimate playlist that's like so iconic to us on Terra firma, Terra firma two, some of the songs from Cut, Crusty, uh, Fly, etc. Like those are like a monolith to us. Like that that is like the you know the way, the truth, the life of us for you know the, the music that I listen to. And it was curated because uh, as like a motocross, this, this is motocross music. Whereas now, you know, it's like, there isn't really motocross music. There is, but it's, um, 30 seconds of random rap songs in Insta bangers, you know? And it's like, that's a whole other conversation that,
1: yeah. And that you could go on to forever. And on that note, it's weird that people get so pissed about it because it's like, well, times change. Yeah. This would be like if we were doing moto videos of Roger De back in the '70s, and we were only like scoring it to like Creedence Clearwater Revival or like the Doobie Brothers or whatever. And then Crusties <laughs> came out in the '90s, and all of our parents or our grandparents were pissed of like, "No, no, it's not Joe Cocker. What are you doing?" Yeah, it's, yeah. Times change, dog. Like you got to get with it. And
0: that's that's perfectly fine. And like w- something that I like to say is. If you dislike change, you will hate extinction. Mm-hmm. And our sport needs to kind of embrace that and say, you know what, we are on a five year cycle. Like as a whole. Riders come and go five years, teams come and go five years. Like that's the average lifespan of anything that is in the sport. We need to be okay with that. <clears throat> and like I'm going into this team aspect of I would I love for the for the remainder of my operation as being team management for me to only ever work with the companies that i'm working with today absolutely will it happen no no because half of the companies that i'm working with today will transition they will change they'll start offering a different product that doesn't apply to motocross you know whatever.
1: someone new will come in right yeah somebody new will come
0: in and be gung ho to to uh partner with the team also uh because this i, I like transparency for every ten times that I say partner, you'll hear me say sponsor um, one half. So my thing is in like the ethos of what it is that I am doing here. A sponsorship is a one-way street. Sponsoring is where I hold my hat. I hold my hat in my hand and hope that I can get something out of it. A partnership is a relationship. And in a relationship, it's 50, 50. Mm -hmm. If I'm not returning on your investment and you are not seeing what you want out of me, well, then we're no longer a partnership. That's simply a sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Sponsorship is, um, you know, just handing out money or product and expecting nothing in Mm -hmm. return. Whereas I don't want to do that. Like that's not fulfilling for me. I did that whenever I was, you know, in early twenties, Want to be pro racer and with was with a sponsor just, house and a hook it, and yeah, percent off. Exactly, and you're crushing it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now I'm like, no, no. I want to help these companies succeed.
1: I think that there's a lot of growing up in that. You know, it's it's as you mature and as you get older, it's well, hey man, I I'm taken care of, but what am I doing to keep these other guys taken care of, and how am I going to keep them around because mm-hmm. they're providing me with something, and I can't just keep having my hand out without giving them something in return. Um, the other day we were just at the house and Megan was wearing this old trans world motocross, like race series t-shirt 2013. So seven years ago, whatever. Um, and I was looking at the back of it as, as I was standing behind her and I'm like, well, that company's gone and that company's gone and that one's gone too. And of the 21 logos that were on that series shirt, 11 of them have exited the business, have left moto entirely, or have went under, like major ownership changes to where their whole marketing strategy is. Like we're not going to do this anymore. Muscle Milk is the prime example of that. When Hormel bought the company, it was gone, done with motorsports marketing in every way, shape, and form. Etnies went through all their struggles and just bailed out of Moto. Think about how many Etnies ads you saw opening spreads of Trans World forever. Yeah, gone. One Industries was the official gear sponsor; ceased to exist anymore. Calgard Chemicals is not, you know, around. New Era, which was, you know, the hat forever. New Era is going through major changes now too. Everybody's going through these things. So to your point, yeah, nothing lasts forever. If you can get five years of a partnership and make some money and help each other out, by all means do it. The thing with you, you sent this email to all the partners of the team the other day, and I was reading through it today while we were having coffee this morning, and like, the thing that really struck me, and I've had this thought for a while, you had the who's who of some of the biggest companies on this thing. You Crutcher, just no offense, goofball from Lawrence, Kansas, just wanting to put together this thing to go race in some rodeo arenas. You got everyone of the big guys. I Like I told you, this would be like the local mechanic calling a Fortune 500 guy like Warren Buffett and being like, hey man, what do you think I should do to help get this thing off the ground? And you had that happen. Moto is a small business still. You mm-hmm. still have to look after each other. Even though there is a lot of money that does get passed around because bikes and parts are expensive and racing is expensive and things like that, this is still a small business. This is not a, not a huge thing. You know, Mathis is, for right now, the big media guy. You can still get in an argument with Mathis on Twitter at any given time, seven days a week, no matter what. You're not getting in an argument with Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> you have to realize how small this sport is and then go, well, fuck, how are we going to keep it? sustainable from each other instead of just like pillaging from it every time and thinking the money tree is going to keep being wealthy because it's not you have to think how you're going to keep bringing money into it
0: motocross is the biggest little sport in the world Mm -hmm. or you could say it's the smallest big sport either way it's kind of in that you know venn diagram area
1: if there are not you know the japanese and uh, european manufacturers making bikes as readily available as we are there is no one buying those bikes if you look at car racing like dirt track racing which is popping around here yeah, there's only a handful of chassis builders and they're super expensive and it's complex because you have to put it all together. You're not wheeling a brand new late model out of the showroom floor <laughs> the same way you are going to, you know, Kneehouse Cycle where I bought my YZ250 and then throwing it in the back of the truck. It's a lot of, there's a lot of shit that goes on from there. If this was any more complex of a do-it-yourself motocross kit, I guarantee you the enthusiasm for it drops out. You know, there's, there's people that would do it, but there's also guys that wouldn't.
0: Right. Yeah. it it It's mind blowing. How and me being a <clears throat> me being a KTM guy, you know, and championing the the um, the Orange Company line, you know, it's the whole ready to race thing. Truly elevated manufacturing from from everyone's standpoint.
1: Oh yeah, it changed the whole business model.
0: And and it's so funny because in the '90s, KTM was teetering on bankruptcy.
1: And funky bikes that no one wanted to ride. Off road bikes. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. And and then they changed management. Um, Who do they hire? Pit Buyer.
1: Yeah, Pit, which has been influential. I mean, you've been watching MotoGP stuff with me this year. How many times have you seen Pitt close up on the thing with a Red Bull can in hand? Mm-hmm. Like full company man. He knows I have to do this this way. Yeah, yeah. And and
0: it's and it's great because. You have full participation. Um, that's like we were at um, we were at we were at Fox, and Sal was there. Um, the I, I, I'll never remember his last name. The guy that works at you know KTMAG, who once was I I saw. I'm saying that right, Sal, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I know exactly the the Indian American or the Indian man. Yeah, of, yeah, that's been around forever. AMA Lifetime Hall of Fame. Yeah, Sal has done everything, helped okay. champion the KTM okay. Junior Supercross yes. and everything.
0: So before before there was even the KTM uh, junior supercross races, Sal was um he was the guy that took all the KTM sixty fives. Whenever KTM came out with the sixty five in ninety eight, the first event that they did was Branson USA, uh, which was an NMA amateur national. And Sal was there like knuckle deep in carburetors on on ktm 65s as they were kind of falling apart you know because they rushed to production get them out let's get these things in america start killing the kx60 and um now he's obviously some type of executive at the company but yet there he was at the races you know like picking Zach Osborne up and putting him on his shoulders after Zacho just won the championship. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it and everybody's sh- excited to see him because he brings that, like, super positivity. I've been here. I've yeah. been through the lean times. Now we're killing it, but we're not big-dicking everybody. Like, we're just hanging out. Like, isn't this fun?
0: And it's, and it's so cool to see because it shows you that, like, from a corporate level, like KTM, they're in it. You know, and not to, like, you know, discredit the Japanese, but whenever – um you know, whenever Kenny won the outdoor championship for RCH on the Soaring Eagle Jimmy John's bike, I don't think that there were anybody from Suzuki like in Japan that don't speak English. They're, you know, putting Kenny up on their shoulders. Or mm, am I wrong?
1: I don't know. I mean, that honestly, that was so, so long ago to remember. <laughs> but like they do because they're interested. You know, I see this stuff. It all just kind of depends. There, there are certain times a year where you'll see, you know, different execs from like Honda Japan come over, and then they'll come hang out, and they might be at a couple races for a while, and then okay, they go so away. they do. So they come, they, in, come. Okay, they cool. come, but it's yeah. a different. Everyone's different. There mm-hmm. are certain people you won't see the Japanese. So like, ah, mm-hmm. uh, party wild style. Mm-hmm. Um, when Cooper Webb won that Supercross championship in 2019, Robert Jonas, you know, one of the top guys within the KTM executive line was getting everyone in the KTM pit obliterated. He was trying to blow the 450 up. Like, he was there. He grabbed uh, Jay Dungey. He grabbed He grabbed Alden with this big, big, like, strip club bottle of vodka and just started pouring it down Alden's throat. Like, he was trying to, like, spearhead that party. You don't see the Japanese do that too much. Right. A little bit more reserved. They'll have their fun moments celebratory together, mm-hmm. and they'll get wild, but they're not doing it in front of God and everybody. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and,
0: and like not to get too far astray but that's awesome i love that and i love that we have that those personalities in the sport and that it is different um I'm just, i can't remember why it is that i even brought up ktm but i think it was just to illustrate the point that like motocross and and the dirt bikes that we buy from the dealership i mean yeah you can go to uh chevy and pick up the, you know, ZR. Whatever six, corvette what, it yeah, is. Whatever yeah, whatever it is. And, yeah, the, the car has 950 horsepower. And you can take it to the track, and you can have a good time, you know, at Howlett in Oklahoma or or at uh, KCI, you know, et cetera. But you're not lining that thing up against Ricky Stenhouse. No. You, you know, you're not lining that thing up against Greg Biffle. Or or Clint Boyer, or uh, who was the other one that raced motocross? (laughs) Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, Jimmy, thank you. So, um, there's a big disconnect, whereas Tristan Lane goes to his KTM dealer and picks one up, and then he's on the gate next to Eli Tomac. That weekend. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And so, it's, or let me give a shout out to Iowa man, Blake Hogue, I think is the kid's name, H-O-A-G. Yeah. He just literally this last race at Fox Raceway on the way there picked up a brand new KTM four hundred fifty. Never rode it until um four fifty Group B practice one at the track, totally stock bike, adjusted the clickers, slapped some up, some numbers from a different bike on the side of it, and then through the AMA logos, passed inspection, it stock was bars, go. was good to go qualified for the fast 40
1: and it's awesome you're not you're not seeing that
0: yeah and you yeah exactly so it's motocross is definitely a very unique sport in that aspect circling back to us talking about it being the biggest little sport in the world that goes to show you and so like the accessibility like you were talking about with mathis and and really all of us i mean dude my dms are are filled with like like, the other day, Ben LeMay is messaging me, hey, how do I jet my 250SX, and I'm just like, you're fucking Ben LeMay, dude, like, why, why are you messaging me, like, yeah, I know I'm the two-stroke guy, but, like, that was a very, like, surreal moment, where I'm like, whoa, I have a bigger following than I realized, you know, where, where Ben's messaging me for, you know, fucking John Short called me one day out of the blue, hey, Jeff, it's John, and I'm like, you know, it says pilot point, And then I put it together. I'm like, hi, John, how can I help you? And he's like, Hey, tell me about this electron carburetor. I just put one on my CR 250. And I'm like, okay, I'd be happy to walk you through that. Yeah. But they don't, it's like, these guys are not calling, you know, Brooks electron. They're not calling, you know, Ben in my idea. I'm like, why didn't you call Jeff Slavens? you know like why why me but it's just odd to see this like this weird transition from being you know just local racer guy to team manager somewhat and not to like to my own horn but like a bit of an industry you know personality where it's like i carry weight you're spreading the stoke right yeah and that's the thing is like these guys that are messaging me i'm like i'm so excited to talk about dirt bikes you know the same way that ml does i mean it's like you can send michael a message on on instagram or or contact him on vital or something like that and he's going to reply and he's going to tell you oh yeah that 2021 cr 450 that we had cody shock riding at fox raceway yeah no we put motul oil in it we slapped on some different handlebars adjusted the map a little bit with an xpr and then uh through our 2020 suspension our forks on it and re you know revalve the shock and he went out and got 10th place overall mm-hmm. And, and it's like it's, it, there's an accessibility, and like I want to embrace that with the team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want for people to come up and say, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Even if it's about product that we don't use.
1: Yeah, and see, I think, I think that we really have to, to double down on that a little bit more. We've lost our way. I think everybody has agreed that Moto in the early 2000s had this awesome opportunity to be the next big thing, and it just didn't happen. Guys made a lot of money. Things went well. But the world changed around us. You know, the economic crash, different things happened. You know, whatever we're experiencing now, which we could honestly have a two-hour phone or a conversation just about what the hell is going to happen in 2021 and 2022 because we're not out of the woods yet. But that's a conversation for another day. But we need to kind of go back and be like, hey, man, yeah, do remember that this is just what it's always been. It's still just dirt bike racing. It's not Formula One. It's not the NFL. If you expect us to start, if if you think that, Ken Roxon or Eli Tomek is worthy of a hundred something million dollar a year salary just because they happen to be so fast on a dirt bike. You need to go find out where you're going to make that money from because Kawasaki is a big company and Monster is a big company, but they're not going to float that bill. Bell Helmets is not selling enough Moto 9s to justify giving him the LeBron level Nike deal. It doesn't happen. I'm sorry. It doesn't.
0: And to put it into perspective, like what do you think is a, bit a bigger sport? Motocross or bowling?
1: When it comes down, to actually, like, as as far as the professional side, for sure, motocross. When you think about, like, the prestige of it. But then you should see some of the bowling payouts for some of these big events. They're fucking huge. Yeah. You should see what they do. They'll go uh, South Point Casino in Las Vegas just at the end of the strip. They'll have, like, a week-long bowling tournament where it's everyone from everywhere. And they are making buku bucks. Right. All week. Yeah. And we are just, like kicking each other in the dick over purse payouts at different races. Dude, you can't get mad about that. It's a different model. You would have to change the whole model of everything to get to that level. And get ready. You need to figure out how you're going to back that up. Because you can change stuff, but if there's no money there, what are you doing?
0: Right. And so, do, you know, how do, okay, for example, there's probably a bowler out there, a professional bowler that's sponsored by um, Old Spice, and then we have Ken Roxton that's sponsored by Art of Sport. Owns part of it. Oh, okay. There you go. So it it like how do we have more of those, you know, those type of accessibilities? Is it through better athlete management? Is it through industry participation? It you know, what is it? How is it that we do this kind of stuff? Like, we need to be able for these companies to have, or let me rephrase, for the teams to have case studies of hey, we brought Dodge in and here's what we did with with Dodge. And we got them this activation and these many new customers and, you know, et cetera. Getting those kind, that kind of data is really hard to do. It's a lot of effort. And it's not for um, black socks and flat bills kind of guys like me. Yeah. You know, where it's, it, you know, I know the nuts and bolts of racing, but I may not know how to do that kind of stuff. And so it's, you have to, you know, navigate. How do we do this? So then, whenever I, so then I can go to Old Spice and say, "Hey, I have this team, and we are in a permanently underserved market. Like mm-hmm. just across the board, the Midwest and the Mid South is so disconnected from everything. Essentially, you know, outside of um, Vineyard Vines T-shirts, it's there's a market here, and we need activation." And that's part of, um, that's part of our thing with Fox. Like why, why, you know, Fox sponsors Ken Rockson and Adam Sonsarillo. Mm-hmm. Why are they the head to toe gear supplier for ATC Flipside racing? Fox doesn't necessarily have a lot of, um, brand recognition in the
1: Midwest and the Mid-South. Um, it's, which is unbelievable to think because everybody knows. How how many people, like we had this conversation last night, we could go to Galix, 10 years ago and buy the entire Fox catalog from this local store. Every good old boy in town has a Fox sticker or a Fox hoodie or a Fox t-shirt, but still underserved as far as the actual moto community goes.
0: Last time I was here and we walked around uh, the sprawling metropolis of St. Jacob, population 1100. Um. How far did we walk? Um, like two blocks, and there was a woman in her backyard with a fox hoodie on, mm-hmm. and, and
1: no dirt bike in sight.
0: No, huh? And and if we go down to the ice cream shop, what's it called? Frosty Pony. Okay, so if we go down to the Frosty Pony and sit there for an hour, how many fox hats are we going to see? Oh, you're going to see a couple. We're going to see a couple. Yeah, uh huh. Or you go to uh, you go to the job site and you see some drywall guys. There's going to be a couple Mexicans in Fox hats there. Dude, it's huge. Like, it is such a massive part of our like culture here. And yet, not intentionally, but because Fox is so focused on the cutting edge of technology and, like, you know, um, being not the elite, but like assimilating with Ken Roxon, mm-hmm. Adam Censorillo, Tim Geiser, um, et cetera. Well, there's room for for our team, you know, to be, like, the feature team of the Hoosier Arena Cross or the Hoosier Tire Arena Cross series.
1: There's a reason that Nike sponsors LeBron James, but then I could also go down to Triad High School, where I graduated from, and they lace out the team with a 50% deal or whatever. Yeah. So, all the basketball kids are totally dialed in with Nike head to toe.
0: Exactly. And so, like, there's there is a need for that, like— Like I said, B and C market, um, you know, representation and activation. And so like, let's say I want to go to, let's say I want to go to the Arlington Supercross because it's the nearest one to me. And I don't know anybody that has the new V3 RS, Mm -hmm. but I go and I know AC and, and Kenny are wearing that helmet and I get in line. To get an autograph and Ken, you know, I go, I'm like,
1: Ken, how do you like your new helmet? Is it awesome? Oh, dude, it's so sick. And sick, didn't you see that Red Bull helmet? That's badass. Yeah. yeah. That's what everybody's first thing is. He's not selling it like, well, it's these features with this and this and this, and we do this and mm-hmm. da da da. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so sick. Here's my poster. Thanks. See you later. You know, and it's like just there's this machine of getting guys through the line, and it's like, I can't stand there and ask them, well do you like the MIPS system better or the FI? Mm-hmm. Why did FI go away? Where's, you know, what is MIPS? How come How come there's no more magnetic, uh, you know, popping tabs on the sides of the visor? How come it's only in the front? And it's not that Kenny doesn't know that. It's that he doesn't have the time to explain that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's those one-on-one type interactions that we can have at these smaller events where, you know the sales reps that are going to the dealership yeah they can they can give the ad copy and the bullet points to the guys that are selling the product at the dealership but if you don't have someone a man on the ground in the region you know not just wearing it but backing it up with the factual information of why You know, why did the company go this way? Why do we have, why are we back to uh, visor screws? What kind of visor screws are they? Are they metal? Are they plastic? Are they shearable? What happens? What do you do whenever, you know, you do shear a visor off? How do you get the screw out? That kind of stuff. I can tell you all that information. Ken Roxon can't. And no slight. And it's not his job. Right. That's not his job. His job is to be fast as fuck and to win championships.
1: So this is something (laughs) that. We, I think that we all need to do though. I think that you know, you and me being like, quote unquote, industry guys, you know, me being the goofball that I am tied to this website, you being local fast guy that has everybody within like the Missouri and Kansas region, like you have the respect and everything. It's on you to kind of help educate the people that are around you. No knock against the guy at the dealership. We all know the horror stories of asking for a guy at the dealership. Hey, what do you think about this, this, and this? And they really don't know yeah. because they're not a participant in it or they don't. You know, hey, he's not a moto guy. He's a quad guy, or right. he's a UTV guy, mm-hmm. or he's an old cruiser guy. Like, yeah, he's not looking at the latest and greatest from the fly racing catalog. You know, in the same way.
0: And hard of the part, part of the the part of the hard part for for the guys at the dealership is they work Tuesday through Saturday. And they're at the dealership during prime riding hours. So typically we're talking about people that are a little bit disconnected or they ride pit bikes or they wheelie groms or, you know, they have a side by side, you know, that they drive on on their buddy's farm, etc. So like they're not they're enthusiasts, not necessarily core participants like we are.
1: So for me, like I know you've had this happen where we've been at places and guys have asked you things and it's happened to me, too. A couple weeks ago, I uh, rode at ArchU, the local track, did the race. Scott, you know, John Knowles has been one of my closest friends, and I've, I will be a Scott guy as long as Knowles is there and all those guys and Janolfi and, and everybody that takes care of me, Primo. Great dudes. I'm a, I'm a Scott guy Died in the wool. And I've always been Scott. And so this guy... Uh, came up to me. He's like, Hey man, what do you think about your Scott goggles? And I'm like, Oh, they're awesome. You know, like, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, they advertise on the website because they do, but like, it's good. The prospect's badass. I've seen everything. I know all about it. They've educated me on it. So I let him borrow a pair.
0: And, and for the record, you did try to influence me into getting into Scott goggles. I did. Yeah. (laughs) Not because, not because they're a paid advertiser, but because you genuinely love the prospect.
1: Yeah. And so me being fortunate enough to have, you know, handful of pairs of goggles and and I could give away a pair so I let him use a pair and he's like hey man these are great I'm going to switch over from the goggle brand that I have and this this and this I can't believe that it didn't pinch my nose like this one did you know it it didn't let dust in my eyes all this stuff I'm like well guess what you have your first pair here you go I understand that not every guy at the local races is going to be able to give away someone's product but if you have something in your you know your toolbox or your riding kit or your gear bag or whatever that you are a big fan of You should be vocal in telling other people, hey, man, this thing is good because you are kind of an endorsement to keep them in business. Yeah. So we've been talking for an hour and we need to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we really do need to to parlay into this next thing of speaking with your dollar in motocross, because that's the only way that this thing is going to sustain itself, especially as we go through these next few years. So, hey, listen to these commercials and buy something from these guys because (laughs) they pay my bills
0: yeah use okay and like every single one of them does something for us and makes our sport revolve and so shout out to whoever it is and likely what's this is the fly the fly racing Mm -hmm. podcast okay so odds are that you know i'm fox head to toe guy hey guys this is shane McGrath of the star racing monster energy yamaha team BC Fit Mills has been a huge tool in my success by keeping me healthy, energetic, and recovering
1: the best way I possibly can. All their meals are super delicious, ready to eat, and take the guesswork out of trying to eat right daily. Visit their website at bcfitmills.com and sign yourself up today.
0: Out here, on the edge, failure is no option.
1: Here you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Gohan, Team Manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha Team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start Device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical
0: shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido action sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-Shirt Printers handles all of my needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team T-Shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at t-shirtprinters.com.
1: All right. Thanks for setting through the commercials, Mike Antonovich and Jeff Crutcher, on this episode of the Fly Racing Swap Moto Podcast.
0: Do these do these have numbers? Like, is each episode numbered, or is no? Because it just... it's always a different guest, so yeah. it's
1: always just like individually named. Got it. Um... I would like to get to the point where I have my own individual podcast, but I also feel like that is just the most 2020, uh, middle-aged white man thing just to scream into his own echo chamber. (laughs) So I've been kind of pushing it, you know, but, uh, if someone would get interested and, and tell me like, Hey Anton, we like what you're doing. I I would talk more. I think about dirt bikes all day, every day. Like I told you yesterday, uh, Tuesday morning before I even got out of bed at like eight o'clock in the morning, my phone was already blowing up and I was already thinking about dirt bikes the t-shirt I was in was a dirt bike t-shirt. Like eh, what, what, what did your one t-shirt say?
0: Blessed with this curse. It's always motocross first.
1: Yeah. There you go. This is and what we live by for the record.
0: Uh, that is an, um, amended Bring me the horizon lyric, which was blessed with the curse born into a hearse or something like that. I don't know. Or a hearse, but yeah, yeah.
1: some kind of yeah. angsty bullshit yeah. British music <laughs> from, oh, yeah. to, or from the early or from mid two thousands. Um, But Crutcher, yeah, you are a small business owner. Swap Moda Live, you know, we own Swap Moda Live. There is no big corporate, you know, bank account or anybody else funding this thing. It's me and Don and Dahmer and Donnie and Chase and, and some, you know, really, really good partners like Fly Racing. But it's a small business. My family's all small business owners. Rip and Ruts is a small business. Gimmick Coffee is a small business. It's important to spend money with the people that support what you do. So instead of just being like another faceless company give me how cool it is for you to have these connections with these people that when they come to you and they want a custom kit or they want a bag of coffee
0: oh it's great dude because uh, all right the the number one thing that is is awesome about whenever i'm doing these interactions you know, whenever somebody emails me and they send me this, hey, dude, you know, I want to do this with my sticker kit, like this dude that's a VP um, or a a executive at UMB Bank just sent me an email and he's like, hey, man, I want to do a fast house style kit. What do you think? And he sent me photos of like what he wants to do. Like, this is awesome, because here's this guy that's kind of new into moto. And I get to, you know, hold the torch as I guide him through, you know, into looking cool in moto. Um, There's, there's so many opportunities for me to just shoot the shit with people that like at the end of the day, dude, I'm a dirt biker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm fast. And you know, it's something that like I struggle with for a really long time was accepting that like, I hated talking about motocross with people Mm -hmm. because there were so many conversations that I was having where it was i was like you're only talking to me because i'm quick on a dirt bike i bet that you wouldn't like who i am you know is and like i just had this weird like you know standoffish attitude towards people of like fuck you dude you don't get it like i'm not going to have this conversation with you and then I, I as i got older i realized well i kind of have a responsibility here to be a part of this community because this community raised me. And so therefore I need to raise this community, you know? And I mean, it truly is. The torch has been, you know, proverbially, proverbially passed to where I'm, you know, no, I'm not the hottest shit that's ever rode a dirt bike, but I, I'm kind of the guy locally and I, I know some stuff. I know a few things and I can help people make conscientious decisions as as a local business owner, dude, I'm sorry. Can we pause this? Because if this is on, I'm I'm going to totally space out. Sorry, Mxgp, <laughs> M- Mxgp. Yeah. Um, so like the th- the thing like about the the um about the small business ownership is it's like yeah, dude, I'm I'm part of it. You know, like gimmick and rip and ruts are 100% exclusively me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and there are, there are there are opportunities for people out there to you know like this guy from UMB Bank he literally told me I use um I've been using Bike Gra- I my last sticker kit was um Bike Graphics I'm like well Bike Graphics is a Kansas City company it's a small business there's you know what 12 people that work there something like that between uh Bike Graphics and Award Decal and um that's not small enough for him. <laughs> so he wants to go to a sole proprietorship and that's awesome. And the like, whenever you work with someone that is, you know, like a one-on-one type of deal is you truly get like a customized experience, you know, like custom curated, like a, 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 a tastemaker within the industry of, of generating, you know, this, this cool experience. Um, Whereas if you are logging into the Renthal website and you want to buy a set of fat bars or something like that, well, I mean, you're just going to get the dot-com experience of doing so. Um, the middle ground between the two is going to the motorcycle dealership and you know, being able to spend your dollar on you know, international brands but see to it that someone local in your, in your local area gets a cut of the pie. That's huge because whenever that happens, then the dealership, okay, perfect example, Donnell's Motorcycles in Independence, Missouri, just, um, so Bart that owns the shop, Jeff Bloss, and then another individual, uh, Chip Johnson, who owns a a website building company, they uh, bought out Grain Valley, the local motor track. And whenever they did, see the thing is, it benefits Bart. Because now whenever people break a clutch lever at the track, they just pop over, you know, it's 10 minutes away to the dealership and they pick up parts. So it's like full circle of go to Grain Valley, spend your spend your money there, have a track, have a place to ride, then go to Donnell's and pick up, you know, a new set of Fox gear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you who really does a good job of keeping money and I, and I quote this all the time, but like... Um, uh Jewish culture they are so good about keeping their money in their own community it's it is part of their ideology it's you know it's a heritage thing they keep the money they keep the money in the community and because of that they're all wealthy we can take a play out of uh, out of their book and do the same exact thing with motocross whereas like whenever Whenever somebody buys a sticker kit from Rip and Ruts, well, that makes me able to help Brandon Yates. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Yates is, as a personal, you know, his personal sponsor is Nelson Eddy Construction. Nelson Eddy, uh, his son raced motocross, but Nelson uh, is a custom home builder. Scott Gebkin, who owns Innovative MX, just had uh, Nelson build his new house. Okay, so we're, we're doing the whole thing. Chris Zeber, Bob Sight Ford. He's, he's the finance manager. Um, I could go on and on like this all day about guys around Kansas City, but there are people in in like almost every industry in, in anything that you need, anything that you can buy, something that like as a person, I mean there's plumbers that are motocross racers. J- uh, Jack Lambert has uh, Midwest Heating and Cooling. It's like I would never call um, Bob Hamilton Plumbing. I'd call Jack yeah you know, and so like the point is is like keep the money in the local industry, find the people, even if it's
1: not the best price. But you know what's going somewhere. It's the whole small business mindset of like, yeah, you didn't buy um, you didn't buy this at the big box store, you bought some little kid, their dental like their braces or a new pair of shoes or a Christmas present or something like that. yeah, yeah.
0: And so because of that, it stays in and it makes the the, the community, our motocross community wealthy. And whenever it's wealthy, you know what happens then? New tracks open up. Mm-hmm. And whenever new tracks open up, it elevates the other tracks because the other tracks don't want to become irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is kind of happening in Kansas City. We're having a bit of a renaissance between um, Adrenaline, uh, Midwest Extreme Park, which is the home of Camp Boom Diggity, a big amateur event that's just like a camp, and... Um, Then you have uh, Kingsville MX, which is like the legacy. That one's been, I mean, Kingsville has been there forever. And then Grain Valley. So we have four racetracks in the Kansas City metropolitan area. And it's like they've all been elevating their game recently, kind of one-upping each other the same way that it was in the early 2000s. And so we're starting to see this, oh, okay, you know. And then the Kansas Motocross Championship Series run by John Paul Powell, like since he's become the director of the board He's brought in like blood lubricants and uh, SickWix and um, ah, shit, I can't remember because it's not, I'm not super in tune with them. Um, but KMCS is seeing, I mean, KMCS is is doing better numbers than it ever has been. Part of that is based off of the fact that Bar to Bar, who's owned and operated by Bruce Richardson, Bruce has brought the AMA in. For loretta's qualifiers he just had a, a youth regional there this year and because of that it has not trickled down but but spread outward let's you think it's picking that thing up
1: noon whistle small yeah. town living <laughs> it's a dead style now so you get over it okay it's that quick it's that quick so, every day at noon my entire life noon whistle whoop. that's it that's hilarious so in uh in belton the
0: town that i grew up in they did it at noon every wednesday
1: Mm, mm. mhm
0: yeah and but the thing was the siren went for one whole minute
1: yeah that's a lot
0: <laughs> it was so dumb <laughs> so anyway bruce's got you know bruce's got the um the Loretta's qualifiers and uh, the state championship race. Plus he's part of KMCS. And by that, you know, Jeeps, uh, local track in Wichita has elevated their prep because their rival is, is Bruce. And so like we, we see this in every direction and it's elevating each other. Now, whether it's through, it's through uh, cooperation or through competition, we can still, we can create our own rising tide. Mm-hmm. And as that happens, all blo- all boats flo- float higher. There's no reason for us to not do that. So maybe, you know, yes, all of the companies that that we're partnered with and that you know advertise on Swap Moto Live. Can you buy it direct from them? Yes. Can you buy it on Motorsport? Yes. Can you buy it online? Sure. Maybe consider though, like. Is it more convenient to buy it online? Yeah. Does it show up at your house two days later for free? Yes, it does. But what happens whenever you need that product right now? Mm -hmm. Whenever you're loading up and you realize, oh shit, I have a worn out brake pad. Mm -hmm. What do you do?
1: It's funny that you bring that up because back in the day at Transworld, like like I said, I'm a small business kid. Both my parents own small businesses. My brother owns his own, like that whole bit. And it was the same thing when I was growing up back here. Tim Mertens owned Belleville Honda and then ran BT in Belleville, Illinois. You know, Timmy was the guy that my dad knew forever. So that's where we bought everything. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. If you supported them, they were supporting the other races and so on and so forth. Now, the local track is Archview. And then you have Big St. Charles, so Paul Willis and all those guys. Same thing. You know, the Big St. Charles support rig will come out to the Missouri State Series or whatever the race day is down yep. at Archie. And then you got those people to come hook them up and help money out. And it's good because it keeps everything going. I would much rather buy something local than have to go through the whole thing and, and all that stuff. I know that those retailers and, and all of that stuff, the big boxes and, and I'm really glad that they do because they have elevated and they've changed the market and they've made it to where you could buy some stuff that's really cheap. And they've kept professional racing going to a level but guess what? They're kind of getting into that same five, 10-year market plan where other people were. And, and this might cause some shit, but I hate to break it to you. Some of the big retailers that everyone is just so infatuated with are owned by massive corporations. And they could be on that five-year strategy to sell this thing off or, or shut it down. Mm-hmm. And who knows? And then you're out that retailer. And not only did you lose the big box retailer that was drop shipping you something every two days, they also smoked the local shop too right so what do you want are you like think about where your dollar goes before you just completely fuck the whole industry
0: because it's easy to do (laughs) it's very easy to do and it it makes it makes one wonder like what is the big picture of of what's going on here is there a way that
1: you could because i mean i'll be honest with you jeff i i really and this year is has is, is stressed me out maybe more than ever. And I know people are like, yeah. oh, it's because Anton's a liberal and uh It's not that. There's no fucking foresight. There's no planning. There's no nothing. There is no, there's very few people that are thinking outside of like, wow, we had record bike sales. We sold through an entire inventory of gear before it even got here. Mm-hmm. We, we pre-sold all of our 2022 stuff or 2021 or whatever. There's no one thinking like, Hmm. You think there's a supply chain issue coming like six months from now? <laughs> right. You think that inner tubes might be really hard to find next year? You think that um, the Honda four fifty is a perfect example of that. Every detail dealer in the country was like, I'm ordering forty of those things and I'm selling how many? Three three you got three yeah
0: so it's funny that you bring that up about about the inner tubes because the rubber manufacturing in malaysia is totally shot right now um there's a lot of places where the literal rubber tree farmers like the farms themselves they're not able to export the trees because there are embargoes or you Mm -hmm. know or, or tariffs or what you know whatever it is and so there's like all this weird shit that's going on right now that like yeah Trump 2020, let's go. Here we go. Problem is there's so much like anti anti-international trade policy that's being written right now that like I don't care I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on or, or your ideology, but like vote for motocross. Like, you know, mm. what whatever it is, it's going to be best for our sport, you know, if it's the thing that you love. Like whenever I whenever I go into the ballot box, like I'm thinking what is going to make motocross like viable when mm-hmm. i when i'm voting well number one it's going to be hard to see the big picture that by voting you know with with a what, are, what were those things called in florida the chad mm-hmm. by your, by your stamp in the chad the easiest way to do it is by doing so um you know at your local motor- motorcycle dealership yeah because demand does um I mean, demand is what controls the market. And if we are demanding that our stuff be purchased through the local dealership, and and, and I get it again, it's hard to buy a $750 exhaust from the kid at, you know, Shep's Yamaha in uh, Bartlesville, uh, Oklahoma, whenever he don't know shit about the product and Mm -hmm. he's just punching it. And you're going to have to wait on it. And you're going to have to wait three days for it to ship. And then whenever you get it because the kid entered a 7 instead of a 1, you now have a YZ-426 exhaust Mm -hmm. as opposed to a YZ-450 exhaust. That kind of stuff happens. Now, also online, you know, retail shipping is not foolproof stuff.
1: Uh, We're talking to a former FedEx guy who, hey, (laughs) think about how the shipping department has been this year where everything's delayed.
0: Right. So... You know, accidents happen. Like you might as well just accept the fact that like nothing's perfect. Things are gonna show show up wrong, incorrect, broken, whatever. But getting back to like the, the whole like voting with your dollar thing is that it's it's possible and it's such an easy thing to do. And it's like it's so like it's so one hundred and one, so basic that it's almost something we're just, we're just like man, you know, whatever. Also something that I that I, I want to bring up that like we can sit here and talk about this like all day long all day. and we have, you know, however many 10,000 listeners that are that are playing this podcast and it's great and I was just thinking how how great is it that that we have this space where we're able to do this mm-hmm. and like you were talking about how every every dude in motocross seems to have you know a um
1: his platform on his instagram the bitch about the track or this product yeah. or this guy did him dirty or whatever
0: <laughs> well i was going a different direction but you're correct yes that also but um how like you have you know the real moto uh what's that four four seven you know emig and rc mm-hmm. they have their thing mathis has his show um daniel blair is you know he has his thing and then you get further out into the fringes with the um otb otb that's right yeah and then you have, which is my podcast, uh, and then you have that kid from Colorado uh, with his conspiracy theories. And then, you know, um, what's Brad Kebhart's podcast? He's got his... Big not, MX. Yeah, Big MX. Not that it's a conspiracy podcast by any means. and not not saying that. But, you know, that's like more of like a, can, a Canadian... There, thing. Yeah,
1: there's something for everybody right. in MotoRail. Right yeah, now.
0: and then there's um, On the Pipe, which is um, an off-road podcast. Those mm-hmm. guys have a really cool... Uh, platform, and everybody's so caught up in talking about racing, and this is like the thing about OTB is it's more about like the exit motocross existentialism, which mm-hmm. is like every time that we do this podcast, I bring that into you know the uh, this, this yeah because fly podcast.
1: especially because like for our deal, like I'll I I know we're racing minded we are racing minded and all that stuff and and that's important racing will always be the number one thing that i am focused on i think but at the same time too dude i was getting around like spring creek ww thunder valley i was like can we wrap this bitch up i want to go riding like (laughs) let's go come on yeah you know and so just having there needs to be something for everybody there's a million podcasts talking about racing but How many podcasts are talking about your local scene? There are guys, this is cool for St. Louis, there's this thing, Dirt Stash, and I've I've met a couple of the guys that are behind it, but like, you know, just some plus 30, plus 40 year old dudes that are just into it. And they just like, they spread the stoke. Hey, we're going riding here this weekend. This is happening here. This is happening here. That's awesome. That's awesome that, Everybody has their little thing where you can make a little circle club right. and, and, and have it.
0: The easiest place to start is also on Facebook groups, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like Brandon Rowland started Midwest Moto Crew. And I mean, there's shit, I don't know, a thousand members now. And it's all just dirt bikers around Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, a couple people from Oklahoma, etc. And like we just say, hey, we're going to this place. And then I have a smaller Facebook group that's... Uh, It's, it's ironically, like we're making fun of ourselves, but it's called pros only. Mm -hmm. And it's literally only pro riders from the Midwest and then some select fast B riders that are, they're near the transition. And it's so we can see the thing is, is like, let's say there's a 200% person. Okay. A couple weeks ago, we had a race at Merwin, which is Midwest extreme park and a race at Kingsville on the same day the reason for it they're only an hour and 10 minutes apart but there was a rain out date with a reschedule one race was paying 100 plus percent 375 dollars the uh you know for for the top three and then the other race was 200 percent. guess which one everybody went to mm-hmm. the 200 percent race so there were two guys at the at the guaranteed payout race that should have went to the other race and they would have made more money but there was no communication nobody knew where everybody was going and like yeah we're all in competition with each other so there's that but we're trying to kind of um massage each other into saying okay you know what we know our place we kind of know our position etc let's support this track on this weekend. Let's all go right here. And so we're kind of doing the same thing that like the West coast guys do where they go to Glen Helen on Thursday, where they go to Paula or uh, Fox raceway on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever the pro mm-hmm. day is. And we want to be able to do the same thing. Um, yeah, so it's really easy to start with a Facebook group and just kind of organize people. Cause it sucks. I hate, I hate text, uh, group text about going riding. It's because, you know, people like loving and, and, uh, emphasize and
1: you get all those stupid double notifications mm-hmm. for junk and
0: it's like, let's not do this, but hopping back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: No, 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 That's good. Because this like transitions to the next thing, hopping back to what you said a couple minutes ago about like being the guy that just didn't want to talk about moto when you were at the track. I get that. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I a hundred percent get that. Cause I told you, I went riding at Euro raceway down in Nashville, Illinois last Sunday. And that was a local track. I mean, that that's an hour from here. I can stay on rock and tar country roads the whole way there and the whole way back. Mm-hmm. And it's badass. like I love it. Hadn't been there since 2008. Complete different chapter of my life back then. I was thinking about it as I drove up. Like I was with some bitchy ex-girlfriend at the time that was like playing high school head games with me. And then now I have a wife and a dog and I'm 30 years old and all this. So it's fun to like round, like go full circle. But, got there and even text you that night. I was like, man, it was awesome because nobody came over and asked me for anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody knew who I was. Nobody was asking me super cross schedule stuff or who's going where, or how's this or how's that. And I like doing that, but there are other days where I'm just like, mm, just kind of want to ride. I don't yeah. want to have to be like, dude, you're a dirt biker. I don't want to be the show pony that's, you know, out there spreading everything, but I'll talk to you like, Hey yeah. man, let's just talk. So, you know, so there's some give and take there. Yeah. Um, also same way as you, you can message me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I'll, I'll message you back eventually. My friend put it, I'm on drug dealer time though because it might take two or three days. It might take a week, but I'll get back to you. We're going to get back with you.
0: So yeah, I have a... Okay, so like if, if I'm not in the mood to be...
1: The guy that day? To
0: be the guy that day instead of going and parking in the back and being frumpy. Instead, I'll just go ride at Oakland and ride in the trees, you know, mm-hmm. where there's not really a lot of interactions going on. Um, oh, I, I, I wanted to say that whenever I brought up all the other podcasts, is it awesome to listen to Fro and R.C. talk about, you know, going to the MXDN and, and in 1992? two or three whenever fro is talking about the italian guy that missed the moto because there was the hard cutoff times and that's how they ended up winning Mm -hmm. you know the first time that he went or whenever rc's talking about looping out at pontiac or you know whatever it is like those are great stories to hear and then um uh gl's Podcast, whiskey throttle. whiskey throttle with Ping. With Ping. That's a lot of fun to listen to because what I like their format, it's the same format every single time. Take us back to the beginning. Who are you? How did you get into Motocross? What was your you know, what was it like local racing, etc. So on and so forth. And then it's now you're a pro, now you're retired, you know, the whole story. Those are a lot of fun. But it's also focused around like the races. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, we know that motocross lifestyle is 5% racing, 95% just, like, existing waiting, And 0.5% pro racing. If if not less. And so, it seems like where, you know, do we have to be the ones that are over here just, you know, waving flags and doing one-handed cartwheels about local, you know, local moto and just, like the the fact that it exists and it and it has to be healthy for everything to survive and you know i see it a lot in the northwest because it seems such a communal okay and i know that it's part of like the kooky pnw people like Mm -hmm. they're very communal whereas and and, like you can see it like the strength and the number of people that are going to washugal and and uh horn rapids and stuff i mean it's like It is a thing, you know, everybody's in like, we're going to go to CC. I'm going to get a latte. Then I'm going to go to the Shug and ride the grass track Mm -hmm. with 45 of my other non racer friends. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, here, you know, we'll have four, four tracks that are open on the same day and everybody, nobody's communicated to each other. And there's 12 people and yeah.
1: And everybody's pissed because it didn't go the way that they thought it was going to go or it was this, this, and this. And that goes on to another thing too. Bro, you got to be positive. Like, yeah. I know it's easy to be a negative little bitch. Like, I love being negative. <laughs> I love it. So I, Euro it's so, of you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's easy. But at the same time, too, as I've gotten older, I'm like, well, you know, there's constructive criticism and then there's nagging just a nag. Mm-hmm. And I had this, like, epiphany moment where I'm like, man, if how could I be surprised if everything around me is always going to shit if I'm always just so, like, negative? The minute that I started, like, looking at the bright side of things, more glass half full, bro, life got easier. And I I really think that if we, as a group, talked more about, like, hey, man, these are the local tracks in our area. I had a great day riding at this place. I did this, and this was fun. Bro, you have to show people why they would want to do this because the nonstop negativity would be, like, why would I want to go do that? Why why would I want to load up and waste my Sunday to drive an hour to go ride somewhere and then have a 15-minute session and then stop and then wait again and the track's not going to be that good and I expect it to be perfect prep every time because that's what I see all these California pro videos (laughs) looking like, but it does not happen back here and there's people that need realistic expectations and to enjoy and realize like, hey man, guess what? You got to go ride your dirt bike around some cow field that some guy was like nice enough to take the insurance policy out hopefully <laughs> and he spent a lot of money on a tractor to sculpt some dirt jumps and go reward him with that stuff
0: dude how wild is it that like the bulk of the industry like the you know the mecca of motocross in southern california that they don't understand that it's like, no, the only time to ride maybe is from four to eight on Wednesday night at grain Valley prep practice on on during the week. And then you might catch a Saturday at Kingsville. And then there's somewhere to race at Missouri state on Sunday. Sunday. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that's it.
1: That's it. You don't
0: have an option of going to Fox on Tuesday or Glen Helen on Wednesday, and you don't have, uh, you know, a vet track, a mini bike track, and a and a national track. There is no Elsinore. Like, there's no like LACR. We're not, you know, LACR is open every goddamn weekend. Saturday, what is it? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and every time they open the gates, there's four hundred people there mm-hmm. riding. That is like that, that 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 is such a specialized existence. Yet the entire industry as a whole operates there and so it's i mean i think that there are a lot of people that are insulated to that and a they're little like
1: bit. and i think that there are fans too that not fans, but like active writers that go see that as like, that's the standard that we need to have. But that'd be like every day, every meal you have is a five, like as a Michelin star meal. Yeah, It's not going to happen. You're going to have some McDonald's every now and then. Yeah.
0: And you know what? I,
1: I had McDonald's
0: yesterday and it was awesome. Yeah.
1: It's going to be fun. Like I had, I had that moment. I rode Paris the Friday before, uh, Fox raceway national. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Hadn't been to Paris in like almost a year. God, that track is so fun. And like from the minute that we pulled up, Dude, me and Don are setting in line, and it is asshole to elbow inside. And Mathis is there, and Kiefer is there, and Dahmer is there, and Alan Brown from Dirt Rider is there. And, like, it was the full homie hookup day. Like, I was just elated to be there. And then the track was perfect, and everything was awesome. A couple hundred people, awesome. Ten days later, go to Euro. There might be 25 people there. The track is a fraction of the size. It, you know... Way smaller jumps, no line to get in, no one I know except for Paul Willis, which was cool. You know, it's good to say hi to everybody and, like, pay homage to, you know, the the local legend. But, like, <laughs> you know, I didn't go there and be like, well, I'm a fucking Euro, and this sucks compared to this, this, and this. I knew what I was going to when I pulled in. Like, hey, man, I'm going to an Illinois track and get used to it. And mm-hmm. people just, like, have this unrealistic expectation that it's going to look instabanger all the time. And mm-hmm. it's not, man. You just got to get you got to get used to that. The tracks that are good, man, go support them when they have these practices. This is something that you and I've been championing all year. Ever since we, you know, got back off the road from that trip through the South and everything. There are some great tracks out there, but you also do have to go support that local track because when it's open on a Saturday or a Wednesday and you only got 35 minutes to get in the car, that's your option. Yeah. Um and it's not a bad option. Right. And some of the most fun could be had there. Something I know that
0: it's not necessarily like the on from the the eggshell finish on the outside, they're not connected. Um, dealership and motocross track. Like it's they're pretty far removed from each other. The dealerships are always in town, the motocross track is out of town and
1: hell, most of the dealerships don't know about the motocross track. Right. Yep.
0: Yeah. And um yet when when one falters, the other sees it. Mm-hmm. If you have, if like your local Yamaha shop just stops carrying dirt bikes and is exclusively selling um, straight wa- bikes, yeah. w- wave runners and R6s, then yeah, then you have to drive four hours to pick up Yamahas. Well, mm-hmm. then there's no more Yamahas at Euro Raceway. There's no more Yamahas at Archer. There's, you know, or I mean, that's not going to happen here, but it, you do see that in parts of the country. And part of the reason that those Yamaha shops, or, you know, as an arbitrary example, are closing down is because. I don't know if you guys know this, but whenever you go and you buy a motorcycle for 10 grand, the motorcycle dealership after freight taxes, you know, and the thing is, is you have, they have to cut a deal, you know, because, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to support you guys. You know, we're going to run the logos on the bike and you know, I'm fast. Therefore I deserve a, you know, a deal. Well, you don't, Mm -hmm. but sorry, I don't, I don't mean to be No, it's true. I this
1: is the same thing where people come to you. Hey, man, I know you're a local business guy. That bag of coffee that you're selling forever, however much, like I'm gonna buy a bunch of coffee from you. So just take me at my word. So instead of selling it to me for eleven dollars, sell it to me for nine this time, and I'll never talk to you again. Yeah, (laughs) and right,
0: and I'd be like, ah, kick rocks, dude. I gotta save that for retail sales. So the thing is, is like the dealers, you know if the reason that they are able to cut deals on motorcycles is so then they can get you in the door to buy the parts and then bring your bike in whenever, you know, to be serviced. And I know that most motocrossers are pretty good about working on their own bikes. Um, service departments are what keeps motorcycle shops afloat. Mm-hmm. That's why there are standalone service shops that don't sell motorcycles. But there, there are no uh, bike shops that sell motorcycles and don't have service shops. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, another point to that, there is no dealership that is going to thrive by cutting every single deal on every single guy all the time. <laughs> right. And those ones that sound like they're too good to be true, they're probably too good to be true.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you, yeah, it's it, the, the, and the reason that we're talking about this, if Donnell, Suzuki, Honda is not selling Suzukis and Hondas well then Green Valley MX is closed uh if um you know if, if you can't buy new motorcycles in the Kansas City area and you're not getting parts um you know then you're not going and riding at adrenaline it has a all of Olive tree effect where one relies on the other, even though there is a disconnect. And no, the people, you know, the Henry family that owns adrenaline, they may not know um, you know, the Stanfields that open or that own uh Freedom Cycles. It's the closest dealership though. And so they they kind of need to work together to ensure, hey, if you come to this track. Go to this dealership and buy the parts. If you are at this at this dealership, take that motorcycle and ride it here. I would like to see more participation between the two. I know that it's a big ask because around here, motorcycle tracks are that's like nobody has a motocross track as their full time occupation.
1: No, it's because, a part time job that you might get to every couple Sundays.
0: Right, and the thing to keep in mind is that. People that own motocross tracks, it's a for eighty percent of motocross tracks, it is a maybe break-even operation
1: and a massive liability.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and by the way, just because you have waivers and you have to sign off on shit, and then there's the "enter your own risk" signs, that is a you have good chance of of not having a um, of not having to have a payout. But that does not prevent someone from filing suit against you. Mm-hmm.
1: And putting everything on hold for God knows how long.
0: It's perfect example. There was this kid, um, got squirrely in a rhythm section at my dad's track, crashed, broke his elbow. And then they filed a lawsuit against my dad saying that uh, for negligence of building too extreme of a motorcycle track.
1: Wow. Yeah. That is, that's region.
0: Uh, yeah. Imagine the, yeah, the, the mental gymnastics you would have to do. And then... Finding a lawyer to take on the case, never mind the fact that you drove past a sign that says enter at your own risk, signed a liability waiver upon entering the gate, and then signed an additional racer's liability waiver whenever you sign in, and still filing suit, not just, are you ready for this, not just against um, against us. But they also filed a lawsuit against Yamaha because uh, that was the motorcycle that he was on and the manufacturer of the plastic throttle tube that allegedly got stuck open to cause the kid to crash.
1: There was another one um, I've seen. This one's pretty bad. A couple years ago, some kid got burned up really, really bad because like we all know what motocross gear is made out of and he got stuck underneath the bike and it poured all over him. Motocross gear is not flame retardant. We all know that.
0: God forbid that it would be because it'd be
1: like wearing trash bags. Go buy a Nomex uh NASCAR suit and yeah. go do t- two minute motors yeah. in that and see what happens. <laughs> Ain't happening. You know, so like There's that- a
0: reason there's a reason those guys lose ten pounds of sweat while they're on the track.
1: Yeah. And so like there's a lot of stuff and you also just do have to have the common sense element of like, well, if I'm gonna go ride something dangerous and God knows it's dangerous, I better just have the, the thought in the back of my head like I'm gonna eat it at some point in time and I can't get mad at anybody but myself when I eat it yeah yeah um the thing with you know supporting your local stuff too dude you and I we're not just joking when we say like oh yeah we're obsessed with this we see the same vital threads we send each other the same stuff like we know all the little inside jokes and all that there's a really cool thread on vital right now of all these people talking about their local track and like what one's in your area and it's been Interesting for me to see so many guys being like, Oh, yeah, my track. There might be only you know 10 places to ride within my whole state or the two states that I'm near or whatever. And then another guy, two users later, is like, What are you talking about? There's like 15 tracks within 45 minutes of you, they're here, 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 and here. And the guy just never knew about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, how you like that's that's one of those things where you need to go tell your friends, let them in on the secret, maybe not tell them the secret, <laughs> a legal spot, but like, Hey, have you heard about this place? Have we gone here? Have we tried this? Me- I also do agree with you that there is a big disconnect from not only the dealership to the local track, but there's a big disconnect from the industry itself of like, well, from the start of to finish of buying the bike to actually putting a knobby to the dirt. There is very little how to do it, where to go, what to say, how to ride, any of that stuff. There used to be. This is one of those yeah. things where I'm very confused as to like, how no one is going, oh my God, we're, we're, we're just losing participants and we're losing these spaces and we're losing this and we're losing that. Well, what are we doing to educate these people to tell them that they're there? Remember when you used to buy a bike, remember when we bought my brother an RM65 one time and, uh, the perk that came with it, like in the owner's manual, if you bought like a full-size bike, was you got the Suzuki gear bag, mm-hmm. you got a Tony D School, you yep. got an Easy Up, and you got a Suzuki power washer or something like yeah. that. Honda did the same thing. You got the magazine and, and all that other stuff. And it told you where everything was to go and you learned how to ride from there. Now it's to the point where like when you buy the bike and they you put it in the truck, you're kind of left to your own devices of where you're going to go from there. The industry as a whole, from OEMs to gear companies to the AMA to whoever, I I don't know who needs to champion this thing, but we as a group need to go, hmm, we're not doing this collectively because we just keep assuming the other guy's going to do it. Until we take the responsibility on ourselves to go, this is where you go to do these things, this is the way, the shape, the form, all of that stuff, you can't expect that places just magically pop up overnight and you just find a track. Like You have to communicate to each other, this is where you go, this is how we do it. And uh, yeah, I think that that's going to be the next big thing on how people do it, because why would a track owner want to put all their time and money and effort into something if they might only get 15 guys on the one (coughs) Sunday that they bust their ass all week to try to get the track ready? Yeah,
0: I don't know. It's, um, you know, there's a a lot of times where I scratch my head of thinking, well, why are you open when you're open? And why is this place doing this whenever there's a track that's 30 minutes away that's doing the same thing? Like... You know, I, I don't know. There's a lot of questions where it's just like, what What's going on here? And so, I, it is my hope to. Huh, last year, I tried doing this, but it was a little too late. After a couple of the tracks had already developed their schedule, um, I wanted to get, um, I wanted to get Bart and Nisha and um, RJ and Bill together who are the four track owners in Kansas city and get everybody together and say, Hey, let's figure this out. So everyone thrives and there is a way to do it. How do we go about doing this? It's going to be hard for me to do this year because I have other shit going on with the team. Um, is it something that I want to do? Yes. It's kind of, I may just try to organize it and just get everybody together say, Hey, we've got this cool venue at the fuel house it's like a local meeting spot. So let me tell you about the fuel house. That's where we're doing the photos for the uh, team bikes. It is a, it is the Tiblo flour mill in Bonner Springs, Kansas. And it was built in like 1922 and the whole thing is brick. And the building has been, um, like essentially they built the original flour mill. The business was booming. So they built an identical flour mill just in reverse on the opposite end And, um, it's been converted a couple times and then they, it, they changed it into just a, like a storage facility, whatever, but there's still the old, like old school man lifts where it's like this giant rubber belt that goes up six stories from the bottom floor where you just, the thing it's fucking running and you literally just wait for the next hook to come on and you grab on and ride the thing all the way to the top. And you're going through like these three foot holes in the floor where you're we just
1: to do this next week. That sounds bad. Ass.
0: You're just, well, it's not an operation anymore, but like looking at it, it's scary to even look at. It. It's like, whoa, what kind of weird world were we living in where this was just a piece of equipment that people would hop on? Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, the building is, is depending on what part of the building in, it's six to seven stories tall of, uh, grain elevators, flower elevators. And it was a manufacturing plant, um, converted into a, motorsports Country Club or uh, more geared towards auto sports so cars um but they have like rental spots for you to bring your exotics in and, and like garages and and they have lifts and um this super swanky vip bar and it's like dudes like Tony Gonzalez will pop in and our pool hosts and you know um Mahomes has been there and like uh it's a couple miles away from the NASCAR track, so every time that there's a race, we'll get some of the NASCAR drivers to come over, and it's just a cool place to hang out. And I would like—I'm like, dude, this is like the ultimate meet place to bring all the track owners in together. Because Wiley Salisbury, that owns the place, he's a moto dude, and so it's like this giant ass events uh, space in KC, dude. We should do something with this. Now that I'm th- it's like saying this out loud. We should have some type of like fucking consortium or something instead of like meeting in Southern California or Idaho, like where, you know, we do this kind of stuff. Let's do something to this place.
1: We can start putting this together. Yeah.
0: Okay. So anyway, um, I'm like, I need to get all these track owners together and we need to hammer out a schedule, you know, to where we're not all overlapping. That would be the dope place to do it. Random, random thought there. But yeah, dude. Okay. So if you want to see a really cool place, listeners of this podcast, go to uh, the fuel house. It's the fuel house. And then it's like KC or something like that. It'll pop up on IG. Um, really, really dope spot. And also, like I said, we're going to do the bike photo shoot uh, there, which is going to be next level because of some of the the ways that they've rebuilt the inside of this old flour mill with like exposed brick walls. But there's also like marble floors in some places and and like they have red ropes tying off like some of the exotic cars and stuff. It's and it's kind of like a, a little bit of an auto museum, but. But it's not open to the public. You have to have a membership in the in the club to you know to get to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, since we started this podcast, I've had like five really good ideas that mm-hmm. I wrote down. This is how these go. These uh-huh, are how these
1: yeah. go. Um, kind of start wrapping this up because this has been two hours, and God, if you have listened this far along more power to you yeah but dude
0: okay here's the but thing, if you're a though, moto fan
1: like you're into it
0: yeah long form co- long form conversation serves a purpose and people i mean it's like on a two okay i have a five-hour drive home i gonna would listen be to this? i would be stoked to listen to a two-hour like mm-hmm. moto podcast that's not
1: just talking about line choices and p- who's and going pro where.
0: dudes jerking each other off in the industry you know what i mean the like we have so much of that i mean that exists but at the same time it's like there's 17 variations of the same thing. Like we said, motocross is the biggest sport in the, in the world. And, and it's a little bit, um, there's a little, like almost too much coverage on the pro side.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then like you and I, not to say that we're not interested in amateur racing,
1: Vert but Mo- it's a void. It's a void.
0: Right. Yeah. Verb Moto takes care of that and that's their brand and, and, and playground kind of, I guess still is in it. And so like, that's a different market. I'm all about local moto, you know, like small time, like the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes, the actual like lifestyle of racing motocross, not just, you know, Jeremy Martin's going
1: to start Yamaha, blah, blah, blah. Let's let's just break this apart 25 different times. (laughs) How fast are those bikes and all that? Yeah. Fast. Fast. Yeah. I think that, you know, side note conversation for you and I, this is something that you and I could do once a week. And just crush, you know, because we spend time, that much time talking on the phone anyway. But, you know, if, hey, if you're interested, tell us, tell us, hey, you want to listen to this shit. Uh, Getting back to where we were as we start to tie this thing down, the whole thesis of this conversation was supporting the people that support the sport. And this is a conversation that you and I had been, you know, really laminating over this morning Yeah, if if we're not doing these things to help our friends out, and you can't put a face to a name in a company and all that stuff, are you really like wanting to spend your money there? You know so many people now, and the time that you've spent in the industry is a lifetime racer, but really the last three years, crash course of this is this guy, this is his phone number, this is this. You got to help these people out. We have to do these things. And and I really hope that these people in the industry also start to see the feedback of why it's important to support a local race series. Fly sponsors the, you know, Mid-America uh, Moto Series that mm-hmm. was just at Lincoln Trail last week, bro. that's a booming race series. I didn't want to go do it because I just kind of wanted just to just put him laps this weekend. I didn't want to yeah. go be the race guy in the middle yeah. of a thousand people and all that <laughs> stuff. But cool for Fly to notice, hey, there is a need here. We need to give back to right. this because these people are going to get so excited on Fly Gear that they're going to buy Fly Gear.
0: Many moons ago, MSR um, was so involved in uh, Missouri motocross oh, yeah. that people changed it from Malcolm Smith Racing to Missouri State Racer. Mm-hmm. I it remember was, that. It was known. if you And like you would see it nationally. We had 10 or 15 fast riders that were from Missouri, that, and they all wore MSR. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Those were good days, too. Yeah. But like, it's so weird to me, and this this is another thing too. Just because it's old doesn't mean it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the Facebook groups and all that stuff is a Facebook group about your local, you know, the the Midwest Moto Riders deal. Is that any different than what the District Eight team chat room was? No. Um, to, yes, and to, right, at, yeah. at its core, it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah, at its
0: core, it's the same thing. It's information being digitally uh, consumed by everybody, you know, on a, on a very easy to access platform.
1: And I think that as we've gotten so go, 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 go with having, like, we had this conversation last night just talking about the house phones that we had at our life. <laughs> and think about how nice it was where you could just, you know, not answer the phone and whatever, you had a, a detachment from it. The amount of content that we're putting out, we're also missing a lot of open spaces of like local ride days, local track schedules, local this, local that. There's no resource to tell you where to go. And no offense to certain track owners or anywhere, because this is a pretty national phenomenon, if you're not telling me days in advance that you're going to be open at this schedule, you might as well not even have the ride day, because no one's going to know to come.
0: Yeah, and the hard part is, especially for us in the Midwest, it's hard... we're so before you haul. yeah and we're so weather dependent you know whereas so many other places where you know like florida texas california arizona we pretty much know what the weather's going to be like you're going yeah we're going and it's all good whereas here i mean well shit today it's going to be 83 degrees Mm -hmm. tomorrow night's low is 27 Mm -hmm. okay so and with a high of 45 so like in the Midwest, the saying goes: "If you don't like the weather, wait a day." Well, the problem with that is it makes it really hard for motocross tracks to schedule, set a set schedule outside of, um, outside of the uh, uh, the summer. Yeah. So, like during during the fall, winter, and spring, you really have to stay in tune with the uh, with their social media, which has made it a lot easier as opposed to the olden days um, of calling the I'm trying to remember. It was, uh, we had a, we had a Grain Valley had a hotline. Oh, you did? Oh, we had, yes, with a dedicated phone number and it was 318 whatever. And like it was set up to where it would ring once and then the answering machine would pick it up and we had to, Terry at Village Creek still, we could call, we could call the Village Creek hotline right now. Mm -hmm. 50% chance that he's going to pick up too. That's cool. Hey, Terry, it's Jeff. Are we riding tonight? Hey, Jeff. Yeah. Come on out. Practice starts at five.
1: And that's, dude, that's badass. And like, <laughs> but little things like that. Yeah. I don't, ha- like all last week, I just kept refreshing Facebook over and over. The only time that I ever get on there just to see like who's having practice, who's mm-hmm. having practice. I, could I te- get it.
0: Just arbitrary thought that I want to put out there. I could text Sean Hackley right now and say, hey, what's the Village Creek phone number? And within four seconds, I'm getting, you know, like everybody had the Village Creek phone number memorized because that was part of the thing. You did not go right. Even if you knew, that practice was on. You still called? Just, just comes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh,
1: yeah. I remember waking up on like Sunday mornings. Oh dude, Saturday night, just calling and calling and calling. Did it change? Did it change? Yeah. Did it change? We're calling before we haul, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm listening to the rules <laughs> and then waking up first thing on Sunday morning and then you get some track owner's wife and just this little old kid. Are, are you riding today? Yeah just like we were when you called at nine o'clock last night. All right, we'll see you there. Like that kind of stuff is fun. And like, think about how lost we are to that. And that's like part of the allure of just being a moto guy. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, Hey
0: guys, thanks for listening. Um, You're taking my part. I know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what GL does whenever he uh, steps on top of uh, of, uh, of the Weege Whenever it's 15, 15 minutes to save fifteen percent or more with progressive. So thanks for listening to the fly, uh, go. uh, swap. Yeah, whatever. Swap Moto Fly Racing Podcast. We appreciate you coming uh, coming and digesting the content that we are putting out for you, the listener, the reader, the consumer. Please spend your moto spend your money in the motocross industry. And um, while you're at it, while you're in the mood to spend some money, go ahead and go to flipside.com, F-L-P-S-D-E.com and pick yourself up a 20-ounce insulated dual chamber water bottle. How good does Gimmick Coffee Paste inside the flip side. Uh it's ten times better. There you go. So okay, that's another thing. So it's so funny. I'm like I'm like such a I'm such a champion of the people that uh endorse me that I forget that I even have so I also have ripping off of of that uh line. So Rip and Ruts is my sticker company and you can find me racersartist.com because I am the racers artist. I'm not some I'm not decal works, I'm not bike graphics, I'm not 180 decals, I am the artist who makes what the racer wants, not just some giant dot com, you know, have your graphics next day type of operation, and then I have Gimmick Coffee, which is, um, Gimmick, I would call it anti-bullshit coffee, it's, it's just delicious tasting coffee and I don't lie to you about what it is. I offer designer coffee at, uh, at a cut rate price. So you get 12 ounces for $12. Um, and then I have priority shipping and you can check that out at gimmick We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the fly racing formula helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet.